Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of The New Standard. And you're checking out Lance Williams and Neil Kulong on November 13th. What's up, Big Neil? It's a great day for Steelers fans everywhere, Lance. We saw the black and gold today take down the other wannabe black and gold New Orleans Saints 20-10 to 10 in Pittsburgh NFL Week 10 action. We saw a ramped-up Steelers defense. We saw a ramped-up Steelers offense led by a running game I don't think anybody saw coming today. Getting it from everybody. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Kenny Pickett. Big game for the Steelers. A big win to move to three and six on the season. <laughs> We're going to celebrate <laughs> it, though, aren't we, Lance? Yes, we are. Win is win. a win is a damn win. Wins are wins are wins are wins. Before we hop into the program, if you want to participate, go to YouTube, do a search for The New Standard. Please like and subscribe to the program. Do a search again for The New Standard and Lance Williams or Neil Kulong. Also, you can catch us on any podcast platform by doing the same. Do a search for The New Standard. I don't want to be remiss. want to wish every person in Steeler Nation a happy Veterans Day. Specifically, want to give a big shout out to my grandfather who was in World War II and to my in-laws who both served in the Army. Uh, my wife is an Army baby. So big up to all of the veterans out there who have served. Neil, I'm sure you have some vets in your family that have served. I do. I have a Bronze Star winning grandfather who jumped. I uh, was part of the, the paragliding division in the, the Normandy invasion. My grandfather was stationed in Guam and Puerto Rico during World War II as well, which is where he went, met his future wife, my grandmother. Um, <clears throat> yes, we, we were raised with uh, uh, something of a reverence to military. And thank you all for your service. Um, something we should do a lot more than we do just in one day. Um, the month of November is Veterans Month as far as I'm concerned. Thank you all for your service. I hope you enjoyed today's game. Excellent, excellent, excellent. That's outstanding. He hopped out of a plane and met your grandmama. Aren't you lucky? Two two different people, but um, okay, yes. okay. one of them one of them jumped out of a plane on a paraglider, which is quite possibly the stupidest idea I've ever heard of. And the fact that I am here today is testament to the fact that <laughs> he was one lucky son of a bitch, considering everything that was going on. No, um, no, it, you were lucky. Yeah, yeah. I mean that—that's really what I'm saying. It just—it it gave him a gave him a bronze star for surviving that. Let me say something real quick before we hop into the program. Let me get it right, Neil. Did you pick the Steelers to win this game? I did not. I did not pick them either, and our special guest from Saints Wire did not pick them again. Let me just say this as we start the program: when we pick again, or I'll just speak for myself, when I pick against the Steelers. It's not because I want to necessarily. I'm a fan as much as everybody else is a fan. Hell, I'm doing a podcast. I mean, but I'm going to honestly say and, 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 and see what I say and pick it the way I see it. Ultimately, I hope the Steelers go 17-0, soon to be 18-0 next year, uh, mm -hmm. every single season. Um, I'm never one of those fans that hope that they lose to get draft picks because you never know how draft picks are going to turn out. It could be Gabe Rivera. You never know. So I'm not that type of fan who wishes that they lose for draft picks. I, you don't win or you don't learn to win by losing. So I, I, I hope the Steelers win every single game. So let me toss to you, Neil. Give us your overall view of this game. What you thought? I thought, honestly, it was one of those 
Mike Tomlin get right games. You see a lot of those against uh, the NFC opponents on the road. One of the teams, they don't play all that much. The Steelers come out and it, especially in, in the second half, they make all the winning plays in the winning downs. They won all of them. There was a fourth down conversion or a, four, a fourth down stop on the defense. I mean, um, Andy Dalton with the worst quarterback sneak I think I've ever seen. Uh, why they call that is beyond me. Saints definitely helped the Steelers out quite a bit today. Um, you, you got two turnovers. You had Kenny Pickett play the best football he's played without even a, a shadow of a doubt in the second half of that game. Huge play from Deontay Johnson. You saw a great play, a great throw to Kenny Pitt or to, um, <clears throat> I can't even remember his name. I'm so excited. George Pickens King George. on a quick slant. Um, it, I thought Pickett threw a beautiful pass to, to Najee that unfortunately he couldn't hang on to in the end zone. But a phenomenal game from Najee Harris. Maybe his best game as a pro. Uh, certainly the best game of the season. Not even close. You saw Jalen Warren, in my opinion, announce his presence with authority. He had an incredible run uh, late in this game as well. Uh, DeMonte Casey filled in, I thought, very well um, in the, the general absence of uh, – um, I can't think of his name either. Minka Fitzpatrick. Sorry, I'm, I'm doing five things at once here. It, all in all, it was easily the Steelers' best game this season. Uh, not perfect, not perfect, Lance, but better than 15 points a game for sure. And they left points on the board. Let's not keep in mind you're the ultimate bad guy of this game without a, a shadow of a doubt either. Uh, poor Matthew Wright has the career-killing game for him. You're not going to see him anymore. Um, it, it, with the points that he left off the board, though, this is a, a, a much tighter game than it really was in the way that they played it. The Steelers dominated this game, particularly in the second half, and it, it's really nice to see them uh, step up and, and control a game um, over the, the, the final two quarters the way they did today. Yeah, that Saints play from Andy Dalton was absolutely a, a quarterback obvious. Dumb. Um, that you know that's a quarterback obvious i mean we all know it was coming uh you're okay with a sneak it's just dalton if you're gonna quick play it like that dalton received the ball stood up straight and then like fell over it's like dude you've got to get low and you've got to get forward it was if you can't execute a quarterback sneak you shouldn't be running it ben roethlisberger in his later years at six foot five with two arthritic knees that aren't going to be there in 10 years he shouldn't be running quarterback sneaks i get that Andy Dalton, though, if you're going to call that play, you have to do it right. It's a terrible execution, uh, not to take anything away from Robert Spillane that, that read it perfectly and made the play to, to, to get the ball back. But um, it, it, an awful job by, by Dalton on that play. And I thought Dalton played um, very underwhelmingly this entire game, and it's a big part of the reason why the, the Saints now are 3-7. and seven. What would be the opposite of a rifle? Would it be the blue slingshot? <laughs> the like, blue would that be gun. the cap gun? The red mm. rifle, the blue slingshot, the, the mauve slingshot. <laughs> what color is mauve? I don't even know. Is it like a pink? I think, <laughs> is that like a, or is that know. like a chartreuse? You know, come on, man. I only know the eight colors in the crayon in the, in the initial starter <laughs> crayon box. I know more or less colorblind. My wife tells me. I just remember exactly like you said that the crayons in the box. That's about it. And then when they advanced to the sixty-four colors. I got confused from that point on, and I could never keep all of the crayons too. I mean, I chartreuse. I mean, chartreuse. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could have said charcuterie board, whatever. I, I, I don't even get what those things are. I don't even want to talk I about that. Would have thought it was the same. Oh, George chimed in and said, right. "Mauve is purple." See, we were way off. 
you know. Anybody see that play that Stefan Diggs just or no, that was another one. No, Moave is there. off just like the Saints gold is off. I was arguing with a Saints fan watching the game that that was really rust, not gold. That that you're the black and rust. <laughs> that you they, did not earn black and gold. They look like rust, that's for sure. Yes, they did. But I want to jump into some stats. And and, and you mentioned the running game. And, and I, I want to um the friend of the program who will not be named um said something interesting to me a couple of weeks ago. And I'm gonna give you guys the numbers of the running game. He talked about the running game, about how it did not complement Najee Harris, that it was too east and west. Um, In this particular game, we really saw Najee and the running game in general uh, look to get really north and south in this game. Uh, Let me give you Najee's numbers, and that's the first number that I want to jump into when we talk about this game. And it's Najee Harris averaged five point yards per carry, ran it 20 times for 99 yards, and had a long of 36. Warren looked good as well, ran it nine times, 37 yards, 4.1 yards per carry. And they ran it all together as a team 43 times for 217 yards. Two questions for you, Neil. Do you think that the friend that will no longer be will no, never be named on the program was right that the scheme needed to be adjusted somewhat to complement Najee a bit more? And what did you see in this game in terms of the running game? Why were they so successful against a team in New Orleans that typically is pretty stout in stopping the run? You know, we have we need to watch it back to to make sure, but I don't think we saw any significant schematic adjustments. Um, I, I say that tentatively. Um, these weren't gimmicks. They weren't trick plays. They they went straight at them. They ran a lot of counters. They ran a lot of inside zone. Uh, gap play usually is is what they do, and that's what they did today. They they were more successful uh, up front. They moved guys. They they created lanes, and the running backs hit the holes that were there. I you know I, I'm not trying to suggest it, it's a magic you know formula or anything like that, but it's pretty helpful when you get hat on hat and move guys, you know, they, they did that today uh, by far. I mean, not even close. I, I, I think their total today, you put any two games this season together. And I think it was about what they had today. They did an excellent job up front. And if, if, if there's a group here that needs to take a bow, it's the Steelers offensive line. We're going to credit Najee Harris. We're going to credit Jalen Warren. All of that is fine. I'm not saying they didn't play well, but the Steelers offensive line is, is what made this game happen today. And it, it was an incredible, uh, effort from all five of them. There were even only like two plays. Dan Moore looked like he was completely lost. That's a season low for him. That's a great game. When you get all five of them, plus uh, quality play out of your tight ends and quality running from your running backs, you're going to have success. And I, I, they went above and beyond today. I, all of them did an outstanding job from what I saw. I mean, we're going to watch it again. I'd like to see uh, if, if they did wrinkle things up a little bit schematically. Um, you, have, you have to think that I'm sure there's a difference or two. I don't know how big of a difference that was. I think they really just got guys. They, they had fires lit under their asses, and they got after guys today up front. Another number mm-hmm. I wanted to point out on the offensive side of the ball is the number zero, and that's zero interceptions by Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett finally was able to get through an entire game without turning over the football. Looked a little bit shaky. I thought the ball was coming out of his hands a little shaky to start the game. I, I thought he lacked a little zip 
on, on some stuff early in the game. And I thought that he was processing a little bit slow. But I mentioned to you in a tweet um, or in a text about that critical drive in the third quarter when they had the ball, I think, on their two-yard line, that I thought that that was possibly a coming-of-age type drive for a young player uh, in Kenny Pickett where you could kind of put your stamp on the season, you could put your stamp on the second half on the season, and you could start making this fan base and this coaching staff feel really good about the type of football you could play. What was your thoughts on Kenny Pickett's performance, particularly the no interceptions, the processing, and what was your thoughts about largely about his play in the second half? Um, I thought first half, I thought we saw a lot of Pickett being Pickett from what we've seen him of him at this point, which is not a compliment. Um, I, I did not think he played very well in the first half. I was pretty frustrated with it. We'll have to go back and look. And I, I definitely think there are still um, processing issues that he's having. It's great that he's able to add 54 yards on the ground or whatever it is that he got uh, escaping from the pressure that he's getting. But he did not throw the ball early often. Uh, especially early on in the game. He's not getting rid of it, which typically means he's not seeing the field unless you're going to suggest that no Steelers receiver was ever open. Uh, looked like he did just fine when he started throwing the ball a little bit uh, more on schedule. Um, he got decent protection. I wouldn't say great. It, it's a good pass rushing team. I think the Saints did a lot of things to, to mix uh, Pittsburgh's protection up. But overall, um, it, first half pick, it wasn't very good. I, I don't think he's going to grade out very well with that. Second half, it, it really looked like he took it to heart. He's going to have to do something to, to take this game and win it. And he made some great throws. Uh, the throw to Deontay Johnson down the sideline, phenomenal uh, uh, phenomenal throw by him. Great play by Johnson. Uh, great read by Pickett. He saw it. And he went right where he was supposed to. You know, even you're leaving, uh, he put it up right where the, the receiver could make a play. Johnson did a great job stacking his, his defender made the play uh, field flipping play. You need those kinds of things. Um, the, the, the wheel route on the zone beater that they ran um, to, to Harris down the sideline. Um, I, I thought the saints defended that pretty well. Pick it through a perfect pass. Now I'm not going to yeah. bag on Najee for not catching. That's a, that's a pretty tough catch for a running back. But again, we, we can't base everything on results. Okay. We're not looking at results. What we're looking at, what we are looking at with Pickett is an excellent read and an excellent throw on a very well-designed play. Um, I, I thought Canada did put in a, a lot of plays to maximize the advantages that they had, and I thought they executed those well, by and large. That play, though, would have been great if Harris could come down with that, but that was like, that would have been like a Le'Veon Bell-level catch. I mean, that, that was, it was tough. But Pickett, quick, Pickett threw quick. a great pass, and that was his best throw of the day, in my opinion. Real quick, Neil, I wanted to just add to your point that on a play like that where he made the right read and made a good throw, mm -hmm. he's going to get graded out positively on that play. And oh, that's yeah. the thing that I think all of you guys need to understand. They're grading out the play and the execution of the play. They're not grading out the result. I just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, the result is the result, but he did everything he was supposed to do on that play. But go ahead, Neil. I, the, the point being overall, you look at those things as positives. Not everything is results oriented, meaning we can't just look at his stat line and say he was good versus he was bad. He had a bad first half. He didn't play particularly well, and it really seemed like he uncorked it a bit in the second half. And I don't just mean the, the big run that he had, which was nice. That, I don't know how well he grades out on that, considering uh, he held the ball inside the pocket for four plus seconds a couple times. You, you can't do that. And we saw the results of that. And if anything, Pickett's mobility uh, saved him and it helped the team today. 
but his mobility in in his mobility is going to develop the habit of get the ball, look, and escape. You can't do that at the NFL level. This isn't college. He has to stay in the pocket and make throws. There are going to be times where he has to use his mobility to get outside to buy more time, but he's got to deliver down the field. He's not fast enough to run like that. He's going to get killed eventually. Um, he's Pickett is, is a reasonable athlete. He's not a great athlete. He is not an NFL scrambling quarterback. Uh, the, the stat line he had at one point, I, I think I remember seeing uh, 11 for, for 19 or 11 for 20 for like 68 yards or something like that. That's the stat line of a scrambling quarterback. That's a guy that is not throwing anything down the field. He's staying in the pocket too long and he's having to run. You, you do that too much. You're going to get caught. They didn't do it today. And he made uh, it, good decisions in protecting the football, but the second half versus the first half was very, very different with some issues that, you know, you, you hope uh, he'll continue to build on as he goes, but He's got to get faster with his progressions. He's got to get faster with his reads, and his receivers need to help him out. What I did like, though, was they did not throw um, a, a whole lot of just simple, you know, three-second dump-offs. He's holding on to the ball a lot longer than we've seen the Steelers quarterback hang on to the ball. We just got to get to the point now where he's able to identify a, 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 a receiver down the field running a secondary route or off schedule or something like that. We're hoping to see that. And Double H, I'm watching it, man. I, I I haven't seen the ending quite yet. I don't think this is on a delay, but I'm at the, the two-minute warning here. Allen's got the ball under center, and this is a huge game for the Minnesotans, believe me. And Josh They're going Allen's nuts over gonna, this. And the alien is going to do what he's going to do. There were I, – I agree with you, Neil. There, was a, there were a lot of plays in that first half where back foot hits – and you it, and he looks like yep. his mind was fried and scrambled. Yep. It's exactly like, it. It's exactly it. His back like, foot hit, and he had no idea where to go with the ball. That's had, when he runs. That's, that's the problem. When he ran. <clears throat> it, it, frankly, New Orleans should have done a better job containing him. I mean, he, he's not comfortable throwing uh, when he's under pressure. He's looking to run. That is a, a problem with a young quarterback, especially one that has some athleticism. He's going to run. Oh my God, Josh Allen just made a throw for the ages knocked away unfortunately but it, it's really hard breaking down kenny pickett when josh allen's on tv <laughs> okay that's i'm sorry i'm not professional it just you know, unbelievable how talented that guy is um kenny pickett is not even close to josh allen in any way shape or form and that that's something you have to develop and it's something you have to build he's not going to be i'm not trying to compare him to josh allen josh allen is a market of one okay he is a one of one guy uh pickett needs to be able to see things that are happening quicker. I, I want to look at the, the wide angle to see where the receivers are if he doesn't have anything. But frankly, every game Pickett has played to this point, there have been, oh, picked off, Vikings win. Vikings defeat Buffalo in Buffalo. What a game. Crazy. But um, I, I'm looking to see more out of Pickett in terms of uh, his speed to react, um, his, his processing, looking through the options that he has. Today was not a schematic issue for everyone who wants to yell about Matt Canada. I thought they, they put together a good game plan today and I thought they left points on the board, not only their kicker, but they, they could have made more plays down the field. I think uh, that's on your quarterback. And I, I, I pick it was great in the second half. Loved seeing that type of Kenny Loved seeing him make decisions. Like you said, Lance hitting his back foot and getting rid of the ball, knowing where he's going before he's finished dropping back. He does, he's not there yet, though, and he's leaning too much on running the ball. Um, I promise you that's what Cincinnati is going to be drilling all week. Their quarterback, not going to know where to go with it. Stay tight for three seconds. 
and crash alongside him, and you're going to come up with the, the 10, 12-yard sacks. And we're probably going to see a couple because Cincinnati is a really disciplined defense. Uh, New Orleans didn't play like that today, and they, they let Pickett get away with a lot that they shouldn't have. And that's surprising for a Dennis Allen team. Let me jump into this comment from Double H. Pickett needs more confidence possibly with his left side of his offensive line to make better decisions. And to that comment, the other number that I wanted to jump into was six sacks. The offensive line, I thought, played very well in the run game, but I thought the pass protection was somewhat spotty. But that's the symbiotic relationship between a quarterback and pass protection is if you have a quarterback whose back foot is hitting and he's kind of confused, well, when the ball's supposed to, be, to get out by play design, you're going to have an issue where against a team that rushes uh, the quarterback pretty well, like New Orleans, you're going to get a six sack game. What was your thoughts in terms of pass pro? Alive it on Kenny, live it on the offensive line, shared blame. What was your thought, particularly of that number in the six sacks? Um, I, I honestly, I can't say that it was a great protection game. Uh, again, without diving into it, there, there's more to look at. I can't say it was a great protection game. Um, I will also say that Pickett literally ran himself into one sack that I know of for sure that came from some pressure. But again, uh, quarterback's job is to throw the ball, not escape the pocket. You have to get rid of it at some point. Um, I, I, the, this, the number of sacks is going to be skewed because of that. It's hard to make a determination when you are that set on hanging on to the ball. Go back to Ben Roethlisberger, certainly playing under Bruce Arians. Uh, part of the issue, he's racking up as many sacks as he was because he held on to the ball forever. There's a point that you need to, to release. I'm also not saying that he needs to get rid of it in, in Brady like 1.3 seconds or whatever, but he's got to be able to process what he's seeing and make plays because it's not as if they're running nothing but 15 to 18 yard digs down the field. OK, he's got options all over the field. I thought they balanced that out well today. Guys were at different depths. We saw players uh, uh, we, we saw Pickett throw uh, intermediate stuff a bit more often. Um, they made plays downfield. They drew penalties. I thought the receivers did a fairly decent job today. It, it's hard to think that they were never open except for these plays where he actually threw the ball. He held on to it too long. And because of that, you're going to invite sacks. The, the, you wait around for the big play to develop. You're probably going to take a few sacks. If he's hitting consistently on big plays, you can take those sacks. I don't think that balance was was even today. It made again really nice play, a great throw to Deontay Johnson. Johnson played really well today. I thought he did some great things uh, in their offense. He's got to be able to get rid of the ball uh, normally a, a, a bit faster if they want to limit the sacks. But the protection wasn't great either. You know, I, I, they did a great job up front in the run game. Not entirely sure we saw great pass protection today. The number that I was really impressed with, and I'm going to ask you another question before we get to the defensive side of the ball about Kenny Pickett because we were texting back and forth and I wanted to toss it to you. But the other number I was impressed with, not necessarily the 17 third down attempts, but it was the percentage that they converted them at, at 53%. They were 9 of 17 on third down. This was a number that I really wanted to watch with Kenny Pickett in terms of the second half of the year and his progression as the QB1. Would they get better on third down? I thought they were better on third down. It's weird when you have that many third down attempts because it lulls like you cannot make a few in a row. Then you make some. I was surprised that the number was 9 of 17. Uh, for 53% in this game. What was your thought of Kenny Pickett in the offense's performance on third down? Do you think he was solid, looked a little bit better after this bye week? 
I, I think if anything, we can say, and I, I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm digging for it because I can tell that's where you were going with this. And I apologize for not having it uh, ready. I, I would imagine their third and in, in distance in this game was considerably more manageable than it's been. Yes. Uh, they, they ran the ball well and they converted. I, I said that I was watching the game with my brother and I said this. I don't recall a point in this season where they had like back to back great drives, but they had that at one point. Um, it, in again in the second half, they were making plays. They were running well. Uh, they weren't having everything called back on penalties. They put a lot of good stuff together today. Now, I, I don't want to say um, I, I'm not looking to dismiss it completely because of the opponent, because of the fact they're coming off a bye and their opponent just played on Monday night last week. They did good things today. They executed well in their own game. They're playing against themselves. They did a much better job this week than we've seen them in the past. Third down, I think it's a byproduct of that. I think it, it, they set themselves up well all game. So third down wasn't as demoralizing as we've seen it. Um, it chunked in the end zone twice. Got to keep that in mind uh, to set up poor Matthew Wright, who I'm fairly certain is never going to kick in the NFL again. They had both of those opportunities to score. Those were two good drives um, that, that gave them a shot. Uh, to, to get in the end zone. And they, they fell short, unfortunately, with that. So I, I would probably criticize the red zone a little bit more than third downs. But uh, overall, it, it's hard to complain. They move the ball. Um, th this is a team. 379 yards is a lot of yards for the Steelers. We yes, have to be excited is. about that. Um, and to, to do that on um, – they did take six sacks. Saints had 10 penalties. Um, 30, 39 minutes of possession. This is insane. I mean, this is just – the opposite Steelers game that we've seen them uh, the entire season, complete defensive whitewash. They yeah, destroyed it is. It this was, team. You know, the last number, and I'm glad you brought it up before we get to this larger uh, Kenny Pickett question, before we jump on the defensive side of the football, is the five red zone trips. That is the most this year. Now, I thought they were spotty in the red zone, but, yeah. man, if you're getting five red zone trips, I mean – I mean, what is what is the saying? Um, uh, a blind squirrel gets a nut, or uh, what is it? A clock, uh, 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 even a broken watch is right broken two times twice, a day, twice a day. I'm not sure that yeah, like, entirely I mean, applies, you... but it, uh, it it's it, for them to be able to put it all together the way that they did. It shows they're better than what we've seen. But the 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 downfall to this is they left a bunch of points on the board. You know, again, I'm, I'm, you know, you, you push for perfection. You don't expect it. it it's not, I, I'm not trying to suggest that they failed or anything like that. They did a great job, but they still left a lot on the table. There's still more that they can do. Uh, they can continue to improve. And I, I feel like they will um, just overall, not four quarters of greatness from the offense, but a, an excellent performance for their standard that they have set uh, so far this season and it should give them confidence going into a, a much better Bengals team next week and what's going to be a really tough game for them. So I guess we could change for the offense the saying from the standard is the standard to their standard, standard is their standard. <laughs> yep, that's that's where they are. And, you know, I, I, I know that that's far less appealing and less sexy, but it, it's it's true. They, this is a team that averaged 15 points a game, scoring 20. It's a 25% markup of where they've been. You're happy about that. Yes. Um, and, I mean, and again, I hate to, to bag on poor Matthew Wright, because again, he's not going to be in the league uh, after after today's shit show. But it, it, they left a lot of points on the board. Um, what? He had 
he made the he had one block that went through and he missed two i think <clears throat> missed two one that got blocked from a bad snap so don't blame him for that yeah, but it, it wasn't good but he, didn't, you look- he didn't kick the ball well i mean it just I, I people don't watch special teams and, and to know the skill for that. That was something that um, I helped not coach, but just monitor and, and um, point out things that were going on from different teams, uh, special teams players. It, Matthew Wright is a much better kicker uh, than what we saw today. Uh, fundamentally, he's a better kicker. He didn't look comfortable at all. I, I maybe the first one got into his head. Maybe the conditions just didn't work for him. Um, he really, really hooked two of those. Not even the one that got blocked. The two that he missed straight up were bad kicks. Um, it just again at that level, you're not going to get another shot after a game like that. You're you're going to be done. Um, he is a better kicker. Than, he has been a better kicker than that. But you know what? So was Josh Scobie before that game. So was Mike Vanderjap before that game. Um, that's the way it works. You know, it, it kicking is an absolute zero sum game. It, you are only remembered as much as your last kick. And, uh, Matthew Wright probably kicked his last one. I, I would strongly suspect, um, it, it, it makes me wonder if, if Nick Skiba was not hurt or something, which is why they didn't bring him back. Um, if he is healthy and he is not somewhere else, which I don't believe that he is, I would imagine that Matthew Wright's going to be cut and, and Skiba will be signed. We'll, we'll see that probably by Tuesday at the latest. And this is the most we will ever talk about special teams on this show. I promise I you love guys. Spe- if you guys are special teams people, hit me up. I love talking special teams. <laughs> STs. Let's jump into this comment. A couple of comments by new listener. And, and I'm not going to try to pronounce his full name, he or she's full name. I'm just going to say, I think, Gabar. I'm going to go with the first because I know Jabbar is J-A, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So I'm going to go with Gabar because it's a Kareem. G. I'm going to go with the uh, greatest. My I'm, dad I'm says gonna, you don't work hard enough on defense. I'm going to go. I, <laughs> that is the greatest scene in movie history. Airplane. If you guys don't know that. Um, hell, I don't. <laughs> was and so uh, Gabar says, watching Josh Allen – you can see why I want them to draft Hendon Hooker or, or possibly, I guess he's talking about uh, the quarterback from Kentucky, uh, Levi, uh, but I prefer Hooker, though. He went on to also say Pickett doesn't have superior talent. He's closer to his ceiling. If we can upgrade in the draft, you do it. Pickett wouldn't be a first-rounder this year. And LT retorted by saying Pickett is fine. Give him time to grow. Uh, Grayson said, I don't think Pickett is close to his ceiling at all. This is rookie tape. LT came back and said, he's an above average QB game manager. That's all we need at the moment with this defense. We were going back back and forth a little bit during the game um, about Pickett sucks. And I was like, I'll oh, give him some time. And we're in, in, in this debate, Pickett this sucks. back and forth, I mean, we're, I mean, where where are you? I mean, I know he does not have the physical talent of a Josh Allen. Many don't. I mean, he's not a high-end physical talent. But I'm not sure you have to necessarily be to be an effective quarterback in the National Football League. We've seen it time and time again. Uh, what, what's your thought in this back-and-forth debate that these guys are having in the chat? I, I think there's a lot of very fair 
uh, comments that are being made in here. And I agree with a lot of, of both of it. I, I will say this, and I have said this. I consistently, I have said this. Kenny Pickett is not a superior talent in any way, shape, or form. Um, what I hoped to get from, from Pickett was a continued development of, of his deep ball ability. Um, I, I felt he did well in that area. I, I thought he got a bad rap because he doesn't have a cannon arm. So people don't think that that makes a difference when you're, you're throwing deep today. I brought this up twice before. This is how impressed I was. It's a perfect pass to Deontay Johnson down the right sideline. And it was a perfect pass. to Najee Harris down the left sideline. He can throw the ball deep. He has great touch. He has great accuracy on, on deep passes. He needs to develop his processing. That's not so much of a talent question. Um, it, it, talent really kind of depends on how we want to define it. I don't know where Pickett's ceiling is because he's a rookie. And the point that was made in here as well is perfectly fair. We are seeing rookie tape, but we also see a quarterback that doesn't have great physical, physical tools. He doesn't. He doesn't have a great arm. Um, I know he's running a lot, but he's still running like a college quarterback. He's not, he's not Lamar. He's not going to break you down in the middle of the field. If you give him an opportunity, he's going to run. In that sense, that makes him not Ben Roethlisberger. It, it's not it, a, a, an advanced elite weapon that he can use. He doesn't have an elite trait to him. The one thing, though, that I have loved about Pickett uh, from watching him at Pitt, watching his film there, and, and to to certain point, uh, what we've seen so far of him with the Steelers, he's got guts. He's a warrior. He wants to fight. I like guys like that. If that's all I get, okay, let, let's roll out the ball, strap on the pads, and let's go. I don't mind that part of it because he's the type that's going to find a way uh, to, to make it work. You're not going to have to work very hard to come up with a way to, to stop Kenny Pickett, though. And that's where the tools and the talent comes into play. That's why quarterbacks get drafted in the top five, and that's why if, if it turns out the Steelers draft in the top five, if it's me – I got to I got to be convinced long and hard why I'm not taking some of the dudes that are in there. Uh, Will Levis? No, I'm not the the kid from Kentucky. Not taking that guy. I don't know. I have no clue how he has the hype he has. I honestly think he paid off Mel Kiper to to talk about him once, and everyone thinks that he's this top end talent. Doesn't seem like that to me at all. But there are some dudes in this draft, and I'd take it, it's absolutely <laughs> true. This year, no way Kenny Pickett is a first round pick. There's no way. In fact, I'd even argue the only reason he was a first-round pick last year is because the Steelers were on the clock at 20. If there was somebody else that the Steelers had wanted and there are other guys they could have used, if that was them at 20, uh, they might not have taken him at all. And if that's the case, I don't. does he go in the second round? Maybe the Steelers take him there. I don't know. But talent-wise, ceiling-wise, uh, uh, I, I really don't think that uh, – I don't think it's worth talking about whether he would be a first or a second round pick. Not now. Anyway, his contract comes up, then we can discuss it and debate it. But for now he got taken by a team that absolutely needed a quarterback um, right away. We'll see where he ends up. We're not done evaluating him yet. We have seen some good things. We've seen a lot of bad things. There are a lot of not good things. A lot of rookie tape. Um, the real question is how much Pittsburgh, how long will Pittsburgh go uh, believing in seeing the rookie tape versus seeing an NFL quarterback? Because you have to look at both of those things. And, and, and that's a great point. And, and I think Grayson Brown also made a good point that I don't know what KP8 is because it's week 10 and he's a rookie. Say what you want about him, but it's way too early to judge his pedigree based on six oh, games. We, and we, we can only judge what we see. 
Yeah. Okay. We, we, I'm not saying make a determination. I'm saying yes. let's talk about where he is right now. Right. You're we right. have no idea where he's going to end up. We saw better things today. I know that. It looked a lot better than he did against Buffalo. I, I know that. We're happy with that. Um, it's not going to be four quarters good enough to get this team through the, the AFC playoffs in the next five years. He's not playing at that level. What does he need to do? That's what we're talking about here. We're yes. not putting him into a certain mold that he has to be in. Okay. I just, it, it gets tired. People want to reject the idea of, of criticizing him because he's a rookie. He's an NFL player. That's what he is. Yeah, he's getting Before graded, he's a rookie, so. he is an NFL player. He's being Absolutely. paid. He's a starter. We don't expect him to be Josh Allen, but you have to look at both things. What he's doing well, what he's not doing well. And I, I don't think I'm unfair in, in what I've said about him to this point. In fact, if anything, I'm probably a lot nicer than I was before this game today. Um, I mean, he's he's put some bad tape up there already, rookie I mean, or not. You're absolutely right. I mean, the game isn't going to apologize to him or for him. I mean, you've got to play the game. And what you do in your film is your film. I mean, the, the game is unapologetic. So he's either going to play very good, poor, somewhere in between, um, yes, he is a rookie. It'd be interesting, uh, you know, what, how are the Steelers making the decision if they had a top five draft pick and they were in position to take uh, the Ohio State kid or the Alabama kid, you know, what makes them not do it? I mean, that's the interesting thing. I would love to be yeah. a fly on the wall, yeah. but I'll guarantee you. That's, if that's they, the literal billion-dollar question for yeah, this franchise I mean, right now. <laughs> I mean, I would say I'd almost guarantee you if they had an opportunity to take one of those guys. Is, is that Caleb Williams kid draft eligible? The, the kid from sure. USC? I know how much yeah. you probably enjoy that, but holy Hell, that kid yeah, he's, is good. Yeah, he's a, he's <laughs> he a five-star kid. Weekend. I think he might be too young. I think, I, he yeah, might I think, be too I think young. he's a sophomore right now, but yeah, that kid's that kid's one overall. It, yeah, he's a five-star guy. He played very good. well uh, against my Cal Bears. But let's jump to the other side of the football, and let's jump to this Steeler defense. Which, what was your thoughts um, about TJ? What did TJ look like to you? Did he look like a guy coming back after a few weeks? Yeah, conditioning issues. Yeah. What, what was your thoughts? Um, not explosive. They didn't have him out there right away in the, to, to start the second half. I think they're trying to – he's not ever going to – T.J. Watt, of all people, is not going to admit that he's on any type of snap count um, uh, tracker, but I'm sure that was the decision uh, that they wanted to make, not because um, he can't do it or whatever, but you've got to worry about the, the fitness piece of it. I don't know if you guys have ever uh, gotten in a three-point stance, fired off, and rushed a passer before. It is ass tiring work. Okay. To, to do that, especially late in a game, you got to have wind and your football endurance is not the same. If you don't have pads on and helmets hitting guys. Okay. I ride an elliptical bike. I do that pretty consistently. I'm in pretty decent shape. I've got a thank a family Thanksgiving football game coming up. I'm going to be sucking wind about five plays into that. It makes no difference what my cardiovascular uh, conditioning is when I'm hitting people. It, it takes a lot more out of you. Watt wasn't back. He wasn't as explosive as you'd like to see. Uh, he contributed well. I thought he made a couple plays there, but um, he's not. He's not Watt. I didn't expect to to see him as TJ Watt uh, for another you know week or two at least. Let Let's give him a chance to to uh, you know to to get his win back, to get his strength back, and and hopefully you can still get five great TJ Watt like games out of him. You know, the interesting thing was the Steelers did get two sacks in this game, which is more than they typically get. Uh, 
Do you think there was any uh, TJ Watt effect? I mean, he was still getting chipped. And yeah, they, 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 put, they him... put three on him a couple of times. They, yeah, they doubled I mean... him and then put a, a back behind them. Um, we, we saw that. I wouldn't say that that was an effect as much. Um, their left tackle had some problems with Alex Highsmith. <laughs> Didn't, uh, I, I, I would imagine when we see the PFF grades, their left tackle is not going to score very well. Um, Highsmith made some nice plays, um, isolated one-on-one situations. Maybe the running back not chipping on him because um, they assign him to Watt as opposed to, to stay up and, and float uh, between either side, take the free rusher, whoever that happens to be. Maybe some of that. Um, overall, though, I, I wouldn't say so. I think Highsmith just beat him. Um, you know, he, he was the bigger man today overall. I, I thought what was interesting, too, is the Steelers deployed TJ. It looked like a little bit of wide nine to try to do possibly give him a little bit of help kind of give him a head start somewhat uh against that tackle uh but they and they were still chipping him with like you know with the wide nine i mean he was getting hit by a back tight end and well, i mean that's and the that, that's the thing it, it's that's a, a it's a good point it's a fun one to make when they when they line up what wide like that and they put him down in a four-point stance it, it, you'll you'll notice them do this against baltimore probably more than anybody else they're daring them to put the tight end out on him in other words, what they're saying is you keep your tight end in line, he's going to have to stay in to block Watt. Otherwise, Watt's got this gigantic lane to come and get him. If you put the tight end in the slot, Watt's right there to hit him. So it, it, it's kind of a, a dare move by Tomlin to force the defense to concentrate more uh, on a, a, a unique angle more than anything else. It unbalances a, a, a protection scheme. You'll see them do that when teams play double tight a lot, uh, get Watt out wide just so he can be in a passing lane for the short flare outs. If you're showing throwing dinky stuff to your tight ends, which frankly the Ravens do a lot, Watt is in position to drop and make plays on those passes. Uh, we saw that in the two-point conversion um, that that uh, um, that Watt disrupted, what, two years ago against Baltimore or last year? Was that last year? That was last year. Wow. A yeah. Long, long time ago, it feels like. Uh, plays like that. Um, yes, I'm glad LT brought up Levi Wallace's interception. You know what that was, Lance? Levi Wallace's interception? Straight up man defense. Man defense, and Levi Wallace was the bigger man on that play against former seventh overall pick, West Virginia stud, poor Kevin White, who couldn't stay healthy for more than two games at a time. Levi Wallace got beat on that play. He rallied. He recovered. He stayed with it, made a great play on the ball, and battled a much bigger dude uh, for possession coming down. It was a great play by Levi Wallace. And you could tell Mike Tomlin was super excited because uh, that, that was textbook. I was hoping William Jackson would come in to make those kinds of plays. It's great to see that that uh, in William Jackson's apparent four-week injury that nobody knew about, um, you you got to see Wallace uh, step up, kind of shake off a little bit of the, the, um, the criticism that he's gotten and make a big play for his team. Well, thank you, LT, for, for uh, bringing that up. And we were going to get to that. So let's just jump into those numbers real quick. The two interceptions by the Steelers secondary. And you made a lot of mention about KZ earlier in the show. Was there a KZ effect in this game? Um, here's what I'll say about that. One, I did not, I really was not very familiar with DeMonte KZ going into this game. I think he might be my favorite player on the team now. Not because of the plays that he made, but you know what he was more than anything? He was the combination of Mike Mitchell wearing number 23. I couldn't ignore that with the, the hype man sort of, of uh, personality 
of TJ Watt. I absolutely love the guy. And he made plays on the ball, but more than anything, did you see him? It, he was the first guy to celebrate with any of his teammates that made a play. It looked like he had so much fun being out there playing with the group that he was with. He was in the perfect position, exactly where he was supposed to be on that interception that, that he made. That wasn't him. I mean, it was a great play by his teammate. He got it. What about the, the end zone celebration of the year, in my opinion? Just run down and chuck <laughs> the ball into the second deck. I love this guy. That's my kind of player. I, I love everything about him. I loved his game today. I'm very excited to see what they're going to do with him because you, you saw um, the, the, uh, the Steelers double tap when um, – uh, uh, I can't remember his name either. I've done this, what, three times a day? Terrell Edmonds jumped about eight feet in the air to Ten tip feet. the one pass that Casey came over and, and then knocked away from the defender. They're rallying to the ball. You, you love to see that out of a defense. And they were dominant today. I think quietly, they only had two sacks, but two big turnovers, uh, a fourth down stop. They, they Defensively, they dominated. That was their best defensive game of the year. And it might be the best that they've had in two years. I mean, they completely suffocated that team. And yes, Andy Dalton's their the the, the blue, what do we call him? The blue slingshot. The blue. <laughs> not, not exactly lighting the scoreboard up, and you don't expect him to, but that's a dominant performance. And I whether Casey was directly uh, influential to that, I'll take that guy on my team all day. Okay. The guy that celebrates with his teammates first along with making other plays himself, that's rallying to the ball, that's getting everybody fired up. I want that guy. I, I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit for the blue slingshot. That that shit is funny. Oh, uh, that, 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 that's a good one. And I'm going to combine a couple of numbers because you kind of brought them up in terms of evaluating how good of a performance this was for the Steelers' defense. You know, in this game, they only gave up 29 yards rushing. And the Saints only had 150 net yards passing. I mean, that is still curtain-esque type that's, defense. Yeah, that's an and, absolute And the Saints only averaged 4.1 yards per offensive play. And they only ran 45 plays. I mean, this was a fantastic performance uh, by this defense. We can I honestly say the more. Saints offense was as bad as the Steelers offense has yes. been all year. It's It's crazy to be on the other side of this. So much more fun. It is more fun to see that. The other number that was incredible was just how well the Steelers played on third down. They held the Saints at 3 of 12 on third down, 25%. And the Saints had an incredible, and you brought it up earlier in the show, they only had the ball 21 minutes of this game. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. I personally did not foresee a game in which the Steelers would have the ball 38 minutes. I just thought that was impossible. 39 round up is like 38, 54. That's you get basically three turnovers in the game and you don't turn the ball over yourself, but that time of possession is like violent. I mean, that's, that's a major one-sided affair. And I just, the the numbers are unbelievable in this game from what we've seen of the Steelers uh, this season leading into this game. Huge cover, but sorry if I'm interrupting the, the other numbers, Lance. What about this? 28 to 10 in first downs. 28 yes. to 10. Yes. 10 first downs. That's Steelers like. They got 28 that, that, today. That's, that's, I mean, and while you were saying it, I'm glad you brought that up because I was hypnotized by some other numbers when I'm looking at the numbers. When you want to look at net yards rushing, 
The Saints had a net of 29 to the Steelers 217. I mean, that's what almost 180 something yards difference. And the Saints averaged 1.9 yards per rushing play to the Steelers five. I mean, that 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 might be the most astonishing number we've seen all year. I mean, we never I, I mean, I'm gonna just be honest. I never thought I'd see the Steelers average five yards a carry uh, ever again. Let alone this year, I thought the Steelers averaging five yards a carry would be absolutely impossible. But they did that to this game. And this is a Saints defense, although it's not the best in the league by far. It's a it's a good defense that holds itself really accountable in how it plays the run. I mean, they play the run pretty well. And it was just incredible to see the Steelers be able to get their running game uh, right and kind of fixed. And that this kind of served as an offensive get right game. But let me do this because, you know, we got to have some fun with this because, you know, we always on podcasts and video shows and you always kind of need to, you know, you start feeling really good and frisky after you get a win. Let's do this real quick, Neil. Let's jump into this Steeler schedule. And after this victory, you want to pick these last couple of games? I'm going to be the buzzkill. <laughs> let's, do, let's do this. Because I hate let's, to tell you, a lot of these problems aren't going away. Let's do this. Okay, next week against Cincinnati at home, do they beat Cincinnati? No, they do not. I would agree. They don't beat Cincinnati. Week 12 against Indianapolis at Lucas Oil. I say oh, they God. beat the who Colts. The, we don't even know who the hell the Colts are right now. Um I, I I don't I would have a very very tough time picking the Colts to win a game for the rest of the year, but, but I of just course don't know who they are. The Raiders. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That's why I, my brother had a pick them thing. I was just like, I'd stay away. I have no idea who the Colts are. Certainly not this week. But what we do know is they're playing the least consistent team in the NFL. So stay away from that game. Not even close to worth it. Um, Richard Tuesday is their coach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll take the Steelers to win that game. Okay, I'll take the Steelers to beat Richard Tuesday and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Week 13, the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. I'm going to go with the Steelers to win that game as well. Um. I for the same reasons I kind of thought about leading into it about why. I might take the Steelers to beat the Saints. Those interconference games on the road, those are kind of tough. You don't know the opponent at all. Uh, the, the, the Falcons are just kind of a screwy team. But strength of the Steelers' defense now, I'll, I'll go with the Steelers. That, that's I don't feel good about that game, though. I'm going to guess for you that you'll pick Baltimore in Week 14 at Acrisure. Yes, I would take Baltimore in that game. And we will I will I will guess that you will pick the Steelers to beat Carolina at Carolina. Fucking Carolina. My God. Um yes. Bad tune into this show. If if Carolina wins that game, you're gonna want to tune into this show. Yeah, that'll be epic and classic. <laughs> I, I will have choice words. Week 16, I'm gonna pick them to beat the Raiders. I think the Raiders are just a bad football team. At that point, I think it, it probably, based on what I've picked to this point, it, it's almost entirely pride for the Steelers. And you've got the, the 74 uh, celebration. You've got a lot of veterans coming back. 
Nice play. Christian Watson, North and, Dakota and, and State pride Eve. touchdown. Christmas and, Eve game. Uh, That's the type of game I, I think that the Steelers would get up for. And the Raiders, let's be honest, they're a dumpster fire. And, 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 and PSA, dads out there, that is a Christmas Eve game. Do not bust the flat screen uh, and start breaking shit if they lose. You, you, you don't want to do that before <clears throat> Christmas. The only people that do that set it up to do it. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it was funny the first time you saw it because it might have been authentic, but the rest of them are junk and you know it. So They're looking at the to, camera before they start. Let's get to the rest of the schedule here. Let's see here. After that Raider game, they have two divisional They close with two divisional thing. games yeah. against Baltimore. I'm going to pick that they lose to Baltimore at M&T Bank, and I think they yep. beat Cleveland in Week 18 at home. Uh, yeah, because I think that'll be this year's rendition of the the Browns team that's completely fallen apart, doesn't give a shit, and is aware that their coach is about to get fired, so they really don't care. And Pittsburgh rolls twenty six to seven, or whatever the average of the, the average score of those games is. So, this, so I got them finishing. I originally picked them to go seven and ten. So if they win five games in the second half of the season, I got them going eight and nine to end the year and if they were to win five games it's like you said on numerous shows if they go eight and nine and they win five games in the second half of the season it'll largely be because Kenny Pickett has played quality football if they go eight and nine they will not have the opportunity to draft one of those quarterbacks and Kenny Pickett will have answered that question with his play and their maybe Maybe, maybe, maybe. Did he today or did he play a horrendous uh, uh, team on the road on a very short week, them coming off of a bye? Yes. If I have to play devil's advocate, I will. I just, you know, he he didn't play four quarters today. I know that. You're right there, Neil, because, and that's why I love the way coaches evaluated. They're not going to get enamored with the result like I am, Mm -hmm. or maybe Neil might. If they just go eight and nine, they're going to be able to drill down into why they're eight and nine. They have the why. And that's the beautiful thing about the coaching staff, their level of professionalism. They're experts at it. We might not think they are, but they're experts at it. They do football every day. And so they are going to be able to break down why the Steelers go eight, nine, if they do, in fact, go eight, nine. Or they're able to break it down if the Steelers go five and twelve. While they go five and twelve, if Kenny Pickett really played good football when they went five and twelve, so it's it's you don't really know, and that's the beauty of it. There's that mystery here in terms of how the coaching staff is evaluating. But before we get out of here, man, please like and subscribe to the show. Please do that again. We want to give a big shout out to all the veterans out there. Happy Veterans Day to everybody. Thank you for your service. Neil, before we get out of here, um, is there anything you want to jump into? I know there's one thing you want to get to, you want to say. I want to just clear the deck and give it to you. Yeah, I want to just throw this out to everyone just in case uh, you're wondering or hear any crazy rumors. Um, I resigned my position with USA Today Sports Media Group as the uh, managing editor of the NFL Wire Network, and as of tomorrow, I will be working for Sports Illustrated. I was hired as their breaking news editor, uh, largely the front page editor, um, going over stories, uh, selecting them probably more than anything else. Um, 
I am very excited. I get to say uh, that I am working for Sports Illustrated, which um, I believe me, I never thought I was ever going to. Um, it, it's a great group, uh, very, very talented young men and women there. Um, really looking forward to, to digging in, working with them and, um, you know, it, raising their already fantastic reputation to, uh, um, to a higher level. Um, very excited. It's going to be great, Lance. Um, I know you're excited as well for, yeah, for me. Because I work with somebody who works for well, SI. Before, before or probably more than anything else, I don't have my USAT laptop anymore. Now I've got a fancy Mac one that you swear by. And yes. what did you tell me I look like? I look crispy now. Crispy. Yeah. That's See, what, it looks crispy. Look pasty, Let me ask you. I look pasty in, white in, to me. In, you know? in, in your in your role, are you competing with uh, Schefter? Uh, no, no, I wouldn't say that. It, it's um, what this really is is more of the the news aggregation that you'll see on a front page. Uh, we have SI has people that will um, look to to break news, obviously, and we'll you know have that uh, if and when they do. The people that I'm managing are right now, for example, going over all the highlights of the game probably writing something up on how Justin Jefferson is a complete stud and had a monster game and a win against yes, Buffalo today. Um, Najee Harris had a huge win that the spot news that comes out um, breaking news is, is probably a little more intense of a title. What it really is. Um, the idea is a blanket coverage across all sports. Uh, it's not just football either. Uh, we'll be doing everything. So I have to pay attention to those other sports they play. Apparently there's something called hockey that, uh, you know, guys play I, I don't know football I, with an f football <laughs> <laughs> lots of other things that uh, i am really excited for i appreciate your support lance and you can thank them for the better computer everyone because i'll bet i sound a lot better i don't think i look any better i think you just see how i normally look like a little bit more clearly than than usual but um same headphones and everything very well, excited so you know starting tomorrow we're going to continue to have the Wire editors on as our guests. Chris Rowling of Bengals Wire, one of our favorites, uh, yes. will rejoin us. Rejoin us. He was the one who warned us <laughs> week one, Lance. Remember when we were predicting like 66 to 10 Bengals yes. win? Now he said, no, 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 hold on. Wait a second. And Chris was right. I don't think anybody could have predicted that game. But uh, Chris will be back with us on Wednesday. Very excited for that. And we got the rest of them lined up after that. Well, when you uh, take the flight for the swimsuit model shoot, yes, that's uh, you know, call heard me. That joke a few times. And, <laughs> You'd be um, you know, I'll, I'll get a mai tai or two, and you'll <laughs> come on in. Call me. Invite yourself I'll, down. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, as soon as as soon as they ask for my consultation on that, I'll uh, I'll I'll say that I got to bring my assistant along. Yes, absolutely, and I'll be there. Or we could say. If you like and subscribe to the program, we'll put you in Neil's luggage and you can go <laughs> to Aruba and go ahead and watch the shoot. But with that, we're going to conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend and subscribe. Go Steelers. Steelers get the win to get to three and six. Go Steelers.